0: Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. I'm your host, Blake, and I have two very special guests with me today. We have Ian Adams and Dave Humphreys. Uh, Ian is on the Magic Gathering Arena team. Dave Humphreys is with Studio X. They design all the cards and do that's all. Oh my gosh, already tripping over my tongue over like two seconds into the show. Uh, let's let other people talk. Ian, tell the people a little bit about
1: what you do. Uh, I am the product owner of Cardset, uh, and basically that means that when it comes to the part of Arena where you play Magic, that is my responsibility. So cards going in, UI for that, the server-side stuff around, rule, enforcement, uh, getting new cards made, all that kind of things.
0: All right, and Dave? Uh,
1: I'm a Magic Game Design Architect,
2: which i um... Part of, part of my job and my main part of my job is to, once a year, roughly, put out a, a, a new set. I'll put out a new set. I'm the set design lead um, uh, once a year. And uh, most recently on Caldheim, Ikoria, Dominaria, stuff like that. War the Spark, cool one coming up.
0: Well, uh, one of the cool ones we've got coming up is what we are talking about today. So all of the things that, that Ian and Dave just named that they do... All of that is coming into play uh, because we are introducing something new on Magic Gathering Arena today called Alchemy. If you look down at the bottom, it says Introducing Alchemy. And then there's some other words after that that, that, that may hint at what's coming up. Uh, but let's let's start off. This is going to be a long show. I figure there's going to be a lot of questions, so uh, we're going to have a Q&A session at the end. Hold your questions till then if you can. You can put them in chat if you want, but I may not see them. Uh, So let's just start out, let's talk about what is alchemy, and then we'll dive into what that means for you, what that means for uh, the game, and all of that jazz. So... We've got a handy little graphic that'll list all the things Alchemy is. Alchemy is a new digital-first format that is launching on Magic the Gathering Arena on December 9th. That's next week, ladies and gentlemen. That is in seven days from now, Alchemy launches. So, Alchemy is going to include all standard sets, and it's going to rotate when standard does with a few caveats. Uh, Alchemy will regular, regularly rebalance cards. Uh, This is something a lot of other digital games do, and Alchemy is going to enable Arena to do that as well. You can see at the bottom we're going to be talking about rebalancing below. Uh, Alchemy will incorporate digital-only mechanics. So we already saw some of this with Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Uh, We're going to see more of this with Alchemy. Uh, And then Alchemy will add a, a handful of supplemental cards with each Premiere set. We're going to talk some more about some of those today as well. Couple important caveats. Alchemy is not replacing anything. Uh, Standard will continue to exist on Arena, and it will be aligned with the paper format. And we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between paper formats and what we're calling live formats on Arena. Uh, and then owning a rebalanced card will give you every version of that card. We're going we're gonna to hit that topic a few times during this show, but I wanted to put it right up top because it's going to be the first question. Uh, so let's uh, let's start by talking about uh, well, first of all, Ian, what was your role in creating alchemy, getting it up and running?
1: Uh, on my end, a big part of it was... I mean, you know, obviously it was all the technical side of stuff. It was working with Studio X to define what we could cons- feasibly do within the time frame that we had. It was building uh, digital-only cards. It was building new UI and UX around using them. It was uh, rebuilding things so that the game knows that you're using a rebalanced version of a card and so that when you mouse over something, the right face hanger comes up and it shows the rebalanced version instead of the old version. It was a million little things. Uh, just sort of building the technical pathways to be able to do something as big as Alchemy and mm-hmm. support it correctly.
0: All right. And then, Dave, what was your role on Alchemy?
2: Um, so, yeah, I was involved in, you know, just really a lot of the higher level stuff in terms of, you know, what are our goals for the format? Who is this going to appeal to? Who, you know, who's going to be looking for this? What does is, what is kind of a digital magic format want to be? Um, what can it be? Um, and, and then just beyond that I was also the lead on um, the yeah the new the new 60 63 cards that we'll see today um so yeah I, I was the lead on you know basically constructing what it is you know what is a cool new digital card um, what does that look like how is it going to play what's gonna you know feel feel novel about it um, but yeah just trying to yeah have a have a starting point where like, Why is this enticing to someone? I mean, like you can jump into this, like if you have a standard deck, you're gonna be able to play this on day one in many ways, like in in, in some some shape or form, right? And then from there, we do want the format to diverge and to play different from standard. Um, And a lot of the changes that we're creating are to make it play different from standard. So you're getting a a new and different experience out of it.
0: So what we're gonna talk through today is as we talk through the format. So as you you can see at the bottom, uh, we have a section on rebalanced cards. So there are 11 cards that are being rebalanced. So these are existing cards in standard that are going to be rebalanced for the Alchemy format. We'll talk a little bit more about how that works in that section. Uh, and then you heard Dave right. There are 63 new cards that are, these are digital-only cards, much like they were in uh, Jumpstart Historic Horizons, uh, that will be released with Alchemy on December 9th. Uh, that will be legal in the Alchemy format and in Historic. We're not revealing all 63 today. We're going to do about 10, and then there's uh, previews over the uh, the next few days up through Tuesday that some people in the community will be doing. So let's start by talking about the Rebalance cards, because this is going to be the familiar stuff to a lot of people. Uh, So let's start with the big one. One of the biggest players in Standard right now is Sika's Chariot. So a couple things we're going to point out on this one one up at the top right by the name you see that little stylized a that is the indicator that this is the rebalanced alchemy version of this card Um, the difference between these two is that the alchemy version of a Seeker's chariot uh, when it enters the battlefield creates exactly one cat and then it crews for two so it's a bit of a different experience. So uh, Dave, why don't you start out by telling us what the goal was with this rebalance on the Chariot?
2: Right, so a, a Chariot, um, you know, especially in standard has been a it's, a, it's a challenging card to answer one for one, right? Like you, if you play it, you can remove the Chariot and then they're left with two cats um, or, you know, or, or there are even cards that like can maybe take out a cat and the Chariot at the same time. Um, but, but it, you know, it, it's really creating card advantage that's kind of hard to overcome. Um, so in large part, we just wanted to make it more easy to kind of answer one for one in some sorts of ways where right, you're, you're only getting one cat out of it. So if you answer the chariot, only one thing's left behind. Um, but in, in terms of philosophy, I mean, we did move to crew two in part. I mean, we still wanted the thing that it came with to be able to crew it. But also, we're, we're not necessarily looking, you know, strictly speaking to do, you know, nerfs to a card. Um, I, I think overall this is. But... Right. The the goal here is to make it play, you know, m- make it play better within this, the card pool of other cards. Right. That's you know, that's our main goal. We're not really looking to take it out of the format. I, I think this card's still plenty strong enough to play. Um, right. So overall, that's our goal is just to put the cards in a, a better overall spot um, for the health of
0: the format. All right, Ian. And we touched on this a little bit before, but uh, I already have four Asika's Chariots on my arena account. How do I get the alchemy version?
1: Uh, you have them already. Every every copy of a card comes with both the standard version and the rebalanced version for any live formats. There's no uh, if you open an Assegai's Chariot and you play it in standard deck, it is the exact same printing that it is in paper. If you play it in Alchemy, you get the modified version.
0: All right. Uh, let's look at one of the next rebalances. Another card that's not going to be surprised to anyone: Goldspan Dragon. So, Goldspan Dragon. Uh, the difference is that uh, the Alchemy version will only create a treasure when it attacks, not when it becomes the target of a spell. Dave, what was the goal here?
2: Uh, a lot of it was just in the Goldspan's Dragon's ability to attack and then on the same turn protect itself, or like even if your opponent's targeting it with a removal card to counter it with something like negate or you know or a foretold uh, counterspell type card. Um, it just it could be really oppressive that you could set up that play pattern and could fall could fall so far behind. Um, again, we, we think the card is plenty strong enough in just uh, creating the token on uh, attacking and looking to open up yeah more more avenues for counterplay to the card.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a look at the next card. Another card that's going to come is no surprise. Allruns Epiphany. This one got a few more tweaks. Uh, you'll note the foretell cost has gone up so you no longer get a discount for foretelling it. Uh, but the bigger tweak is, if this spell was foretold, create two 1-1 blue bird tokens with flying. So uh, a couple things to point out. Uh, one, if you copy All Reds Epiphany, that copy was not foretold. It won't make the birds. Um, and if you cast this directly from your hand, of course, it will not make the birds. So uh, Dave, tell us about the goals with this one.
2: Right. So again, yeah, th- this one I feel is a bit more of a, a nerf in many ways. I mean, th- this is a, ca- a card we did want to be more cautious with. In particular, um, right, we, we've moved up the foretell cost. We we make you need to foretell it um, to get the birds, and that costs more. Um, right. That that we, we were hoping to reduce the number of times in which someone like could draw one of these and then draw into another one of these, and right that they, they kind of cascade one after the other. Um, reducing those situations from coming up a little and just powering down the card a little bit. All right.
0: Uh, Next up, we have a card that is omnipresent in mono-colored aggressive decks, Faceless Haven. This was a slight tweak. It was a 4-3. It's now a 3-3 in the alchemy format. Dave.
2: Right, so here, um, faceless savans just a, a big part of mono white and mono green aggressive decks in particular, as well as some other decks in standard. Um, right, so the, the thought here is in alchemy that this 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 creature lands going to just be putting a little bit less pressure on people. That there's yeah, there are more a wider range of creatures that can block this. Um, yeah, the games aren't going to close out just quite as fast as they are with some of the the other decks in the format. Um, just to to give a little bit more breathing room and to open up. Um, Avenues for some of the other creature centric decks to be more more competitive players in the in the metagame. Like we you know, we do have stuff like vampires and zombies and mm-hmm. all sorts of other stuff that are that are somewhat competitive, but potentially those two color decks fall a little bit short of not having to land quite as fast at um, doing things as
0: this land. All right. Uh, Next up is a big one, Omnath, Locus of Creation. So this is going to be the only card in this list that is currently banned in Standard and Historic. A couple tweaks here. It costs an additional mana up front. And then when it enters the battlefield, rather than drawing a card, it scries one. Uh, So Dave, let's start with you first on uh, what the goals were with this card
2: right i'm realizing i should mention before i go on through all these that like donald smith was in, in charge um with a lot of these changes internally and working with play design to come up uh, with good options and, and choosing our best ones um at any rate here uh right so the part of the problem you know i want to resist saying problem even though i've probably said it a bunch of times i mean one of the things we're trying to address here is just that omnath omnath was basically recouping its mana cost and um recouping the card itself with the card draw initially so we were Trying to decrease how much it was sort of just you know covering its own costs like you you, you know everything was coming back you're getting your mana and the card right back um, so we, we took that approach with the card um, you know we're, we're very curious to see how it will play out again where you're not you know it costs one more mana so you're not getting all your mana back it's coming back you know it's entering the game a little bit later um, and yeah you're getting sort of card selection rather than the immediate card replacement.
0: Uh, Now, Ian, this card is currently banned in Historic. Um, What happens now that there's a rebalanced version?
1: Uh, Now the card will be unbanned in Historic, and you will be able to play the rebalanced version there. Historic, like Alchemy, uh, is going to be a live format, um, and so it will see these rebalanced cards, and uh, we'll be hopefully getting some cards that were too disruptive back into the format in a format in a way that people can play with them and uh, still enjoy the cards.
0: Okay. Now y- you said a word there that I want to expand on. So you said it's a live format. So we've got correct two kinds of formats on Arena. We've got live and we've got paper. Can you talk a little bit more about that division? Uh,
1: so it's really comes down to a philosophy thing. Paper formats are things like draft, standard, um, in the future, it's potentially possible that we were able to get more paper formats on there and paper formats are paper formats. They're the same cards. They have followed the exact same ban list. The cards are not modified. They rotate when they rotate in those formats. We are one-to-one matching what you would play uh, at your LGS or a tournament. Uh, Live formats are us trying to leverage the fact that, you know, there were significantly more than a billion games of magic played on arena last year Mm -hmm. uh and being live means that we can try to keep what people are doing a little bit more dynamic for that those billions of you know over a billion matches getting played uh that we can make adjustments a little more quickly that we can introduce more cards and it just adds variety that Standard is still there. If you want to play standard, you can. If you want to play historic, you can. And now we've got a third option that lets us be a little bit more reactive uh, to what's happening. And our design timelines are a lot tighter, so it's a lot easier for us to make cards Mm -hmm. responding to what is and isn't hitting in standard.
0: Okay. And all of these formats are going to exist together. You're not adding alchemy and removing something else, right?
1: Nope. Every it's it's all it's more, nothing is being taken away or removed. We're just adding another option uh for people who are excited about that option. Great. If you're not, the standard queue is right where you left it.
0: All right, great. Um, Okay, we still have a couple more rebalances to get through, plus previews of the Alchemy sets. We've got one more card that has arguably been made a little bit worse, and then we've got five cards uh, that look to have been made a little bit better. So let's continue with the rebalances. Next up is Luminarch Aspirant. Uh, The main difference here is that the plus one plus one counter gets put on the creature uh, at the beginning of the end step in the Alchemy version rather than the beginning of comment. Uh, Combat,
2: Dave. Right. So, uh, you know, mono white aggro is is an extremely competitive deck, especially in best of one. Um, This card was identified as the card that we felt was just yeah a a little bit too much. It was a little bit too aggressive, ending games quickly. Sort of sort of in the faceless haven space. Um, Felt like by moving it to end step, like right, you're you're still in in many ways getting a lot of value. You you have like potentially a good blocker to the extent that that, you know, matters with your aggressive deck. I mean, certainly sometimes it does. Um, but yeah, you're you're kind of getting a little bit of a delay in how much damage you're doing to your opponent. But otherwise, the card's functioning pretty equivalently to how it used to.
0: All right. Uh, let's look at some of the cards that were improved. Next up is a card that's been kind of a cute favorite of, of mine, I know, but... It hasn't really seen any play because it it wasn't really good enough, but it got a little bit of a boost. Let's see, Cosmos Elixir. Uh, The main difference between these is if you gain the two life instead of drawing a card, you also get to scry one. Uh, Dave, what was the goal here?
2: Right, so speaking in general to philosophy, like it, it's a little bit tricky in terms of like, we have such a huge card pool of like, yeah, which cards are we supposed to buff? I feel like almost no matter how we did this, it would feel a little bit arbitrary. Um, Donald um, also was working on this and Don, you know, Donald kind of looked through like, what what are some of the most played cards, some of the most redeemed cards on Arena that people really seem to be wanting to enjoy but are, are not necessarily being all that particularly competitive with? And so, yeah, th- this was amongst those. Um we felt like that right by adding scry in here into that and that it you know might help you get to some other like life game cards in your deck that would help you get to the other to the the other functionality of the card um but yeah just a a card that people seem to adore that we we felt like we could reasonably make stronger um right like with, with a lot, with this card and a lot of the others it's not necessarily that we're like uh, this is like this is the change that we need to make to like you know this is going to be tier you know top tier deck or anything like that. This is just you know these are some fun cards people are playing with. If they become more competitive, that's great. Um, but right, that, that's not that's not necessarily the primary motivation. And like a, a lot of this is you know as we launch, just trying to understand like what's you know w- w- we're going to learn from this and and figure out how much some of these things make a difference and don't. And um, you know at least if nothing else, we're hopefully making a uh, wide variety of people who have been trying this card, and the others here uh happier.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So so you looked at cards people were redeeming, but that weren't necessarily seeing uh, as much play as that redemption would indicate?
2: Uh, well, I mean, these these were cards that were actually seeing quite a bit of play, just the, the win rates of the decks that these cards in mm. had, had, had some room to improve, so.
0: Okay. Uh, well, let's look at the next of these cards. Druid class, Um, I know I've played this card in a number of my Brawl decks, Uh, so the biggest change here, uh, the only change here is that the cost for level three when you make the land creature has been reduced from five to three. Uh, What was the goal here, Dave?
2: Uh, it, it just overall, this was a, a a lot of mana to invest in this card in terms of what you're getting out. This is mm-hmm. again just a, a a relatively popular, you know, I don't necessarily want to call it casual, but a relatively popular card amongst our players, and a, a card that we again feel like in general the classes have been pretty well received from Afr, and this this looked like an opportunity to to move this card closer to a place where it could have a bigger impact on uh, on alchemy. All
0: right, next up, another class, wizard class. Uh, the difference here is, again, that level three cost is reduced. Dave?
2: Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. Into, <laughs> like, really, again, very similar philosophy, right? Similar type of card, similar, right? That there was just so much investment to get to the payoff, and that we felt like we could reduce the, the overall work you needed to do.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, next up, uh, a big splashy card that hasn't quite hit as well. Phylath World Sculptor. A couple tweaks. Uh, Phylath itself gets Trample. Uh, And then additionally, the Landfall ability not only puts four plus one plus one counters on the plant, but it also gives the plant Trample as well. Dave.
2: Yeah, so right, with without basically on this one by giving it trample we felt like it it gave it a room that maybe some other cards in the environment wouldn't necessarily do. I mean, we do have like some other strong six drops including like, you know, a new new werewolf and such um right by by giving trample maybe this gives us a, a place that maybe lets people re-explore the landfall mechanic in general, which was, you know, something so, something that yeah, people were excited about and just right with with both some of the new cards we'll see and with some of the rebalancing, we were certainly looking like, you know, what are some of the old mechanics from last year or or this year, even to the extent that we could figure it out that, like, you know, what what could maybe use a little help? What could, uh, you know, maybe reinvigorate some interest in that um, mechanic or set of mechanics?
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, And the last rebalance, another personal favorite of mine, uh, Demi Lich. Uh, slight improvement. It was a 4-3. It's now a 4-4. Dave, what is that toughness boost going to do?
2: I I think it it largely makes the deck um, more worth trying to build around or make make the card more worth trying to build a deck around. Um, I mean, this is actually a a rather competitive card, um, but we felt like uh, that here there was still room, especially in standard, to give it a fourth toughness just to Work around more more removal cards to yeah to to largely make it worth exploring that deck more.
0: All right. Uh, so that yeah, that covers all the rebalanced cards. Uh, we're now going to spend some time. We're going to preview uh, about ten cards, and uh, these are all digital mechanic focused cards, completely new. Uh, they'll be released with Alchemy on the 9th. Uh, that full list is 63 cards. Uh, Ian, is
1: it normally going to be 63 cards with each of these releases? Uh, it will not be 63 cards going forward. This first set is uh, doing the work of being both sort of the the Vow set and integrating cards from the entire standard year mm-hmm. leading up to Vow. Uh, going forward, you'll be looking at more like 30 cards somewhere in that range for each Mm -hmm. new alchemy release um although i would say that the the types of cards are aimed at a pretty similar space like these are usually some pretty exciting cards Mm and fun stuff uh yeah it'll be 63 for this one and then every other set will just be 30 cards associated with the premiere set that they come out alongside so you know starting with our next set it'll be 30 okay
0: so the, these cards are sort of themed after typically they'll be themed after the set they're coming out right immediately after but this particular drop of alchemy cards is going to have stuff from kind of the full previous year
1: mm-hmm. i'd say it skews innistrad okay but but it has stuff for the entire year i bring that up because our first one it's called Torolf's Disciple.
0: Uh, Torolf <laughs> is a, a character from Kaldheim back then, but uh, this is a pretty powerful card. So we have a 3-3 three, three for two and a red, Human Warrior with Haste. Whenever Torolf's Disciple attacks, Conjure, four cards named Lightning Bolt, into your library, then Shuffle. So Ian, uh, we've seen Conjure before, but remind people what Conjure is.
1: Uh, so Conjure is something that we can do in digital where we make full-on, non-token, real cards from nothing, uh, and then put them somewhere. I believe this is the first card we're seeing where the cards that are conjured are shuffled into your library rather than going into your hand or on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, this is basically a card that each time it attacks, it starts stuffing your deck with lightning bolts.
0: Alright, Dave, talk a little bit about where this card came from.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny, like I've actually, through the years,
2: like through 10 years and plus now, like there have been many sets like where in paper we've actually like toyed with that idea like how you know how can we give somebody a lightning bolt, right? Like, you know, maybe even like with stuff like companion, maybe it's like, oh, if you meet a condition, you could have lightning bolts in your deck. And so many times in the end we we're like, oh no, this this just seems too hard to, to get all the pieces together. And so a lot of this stems from some of those earlier designs where like, hey, here here's a card where, you know, in a digital format, it's very easy to give people lightning bolts and and and, and other You know, as we'll see other memorable, iconic cards um, in the future, certainly we will hope to be doing similar stuff like this where you get to play with some really, you know, nostalgic type of
0: cards. All right. Um, And Ian, I did see a question in chat that I think is really pertinent before we dive too far into these. How will people acquire these cards?
1: Uh, So these cards are available in special booster packs that are the alchemy booster packs. Um, The alchemy booster packs have the same sort of... Um, uh, duplicate protection that we normally have and are tied to the set that they're associated with so this one is associated with vow Uh, once you've collected all of the rares from this you start getting uh, rares from vow to replace those slots Uh, once you get all the mythics from this you get mythics from uh, vow and then once those are you, once you've turned through both, then you would go back to, to getting gems. Uh, They're also available for wild cards at the normal rate.
0: All right. Uh, next up, we have one of my favorite cards in this this new drop. So, Absorb Energy. Uh, it's an instant for one, a blue, and a blue. Counter target spell. Cards in your hand that share a card type with that spell perpetually gain. This spell costs one less, less to cast. Uh, Ian... Tell us about Perpetually.
1: Uh, So Perpetually does a couple fun things. One of the most important things it does really when it comes down to the rules of Magic is it lets us change a card in your hand and have that change survive uh, the card changing zones. Normally in Magic, it's a very firm rule that when a card changes zones, it's becoming new objects uh, and things that you've done to it in hand don't last to the battlefield. Um, this also lets us change a card without your opponent having seen it. They don't need to see, there's no reveal and, and say, yep, that's the one that I'm going to be able to cast more cheaply. This keeps that hidden information hidden, uh, which we can really only do digitally.
0: All right. Dave, tell us about the design of this card.
2: Yeah, so I, I guess one one overlapping theme on cards like this, like, first of all, I think Perpetually is great. Perpetually has a lot of flexibility and, like, you can... You can Continuing to just kind of modify your cards ever so slightly changes the way games play game to game depending on which card, which card in your hand, or some other zones affected by these things um, it provides quite a bit of variety from game to game, which is what we're looking for. And and also just in terms of other choices um, we we could make um, right so that it's like in this case the the cards that are um, getting their costs reduced sharing a type with what you um, counter, which isn't you know which isn't going to be the same game to game. And like you know if you're counting or countering a creature. Um, right you better you know play some creatures in your deck um to make sure that you're you're able to get sort of like full value of the the range of things you might do but overall like i I feel like the way some digital cards sort of feel like they kind of feel like they might otherwise operate in um might might lead to like what could be repetitive gameplay so we we tried as much as possible to make things like you know this card is going to vary um each time you you play it depending
0: on what sorts of other cards are played against it or with it Alright, next up, another card that says Perpetually, this is Begin Anew, this one's pretty splashy for a green-green and a white-white. You get a sorcery that says Destroy All Creatures, so it's another four-mana Wrath. Uh, Creature cards in your hand perpetually get plus one, plus one. Dave, tell us about this card.
2: Right, so this is sort of the, uh, you know, the the four-mana Wrath, um, sort of the... What can be a really certainly a big staple in a format I mean this we, we put this in green and white which are colors that don't necessarily want to avoid playing with creatures so um yeah we, we've tried to um, make make this appealing and enticing, um, other than just a control deck, by putting some of the power in the card to making you want to play a lot of creatures yourself, or play you know at least some number of creatures to, to gain the, the benefits of the, the other stuff. Um, right, that all, all your stuff's going to get bigger. So it's it's more about you know whether this is sideboard card or something main deck that you can um, generate a lot of value and um, trying to time this the best.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, next up. We have Ishkana Broodmother, uh, which has a new keyword on it. For three and a green, you get a legendary creature spider. We've seen other versions of Ishkana before. This is a 3-5. Uh, it's got reach, of course. It says, other spiders you control get plus one, plus two. And then it has an activated ability for one and either a black or a green. Exile two cards from your graveyard. Draft a card from Ishkana Broodmother's spellbook. All right, Ian, what does draft mean?
1: So draft is a mechanic that uh, leverages conjure. Uh, when you draft, it's very similar to what we did with the Davriel in Jumpstart Historic Horizons, mm-hmm. where you are given three options from a larger list, uh, and you were choose one, and in the case of draft cards, by default it doesn't say anything else, that card then goes to your hand. Um, like Davriel, each time you draft, you're drafting from the full list. There's no, like, chipping away at the list until you've only got one card left Mm -hmm. uh and yeah it's it's randomized each time which of the three you get to choose between
0: all right uh we've got ishkana's spell book here and you may notice a theme um it's it's got some spiders so dave how did you end up with this for ishkana's spell book Right, so
2: I think one of the things I'm most excited about this is just right. This isn't an entirely novel like game design space for digital TCGs, but like I-, I do feel like we're doing we're able to do very cool stuff here, especially because we have such a large history and catalog of Magic cards that right. Like I, I think we can do very flavorful stuff where like oh the the spellbook of this is like we have enough spiders in Magic or spider related things right. Like the the prey upon uses art with a spider on it. Um, so yeah, it, it's you know it's kind of fun, um, in terms of just like thematically there's there's resonance there, um, but yeah then then you just get a lot of variety. It, it's kind of fun to be playing with some of these cards that you know don't aren't what you'd normally expect to see on a you know a constructed battlefield um, that but that just might be you know appropriate if you need you know you need a five drop or you need a you know a way to boost your creature with a ragniform or what, whatever else. So like it, it just it creates some. Very novel play patterns, and like right, each game you're gonna be choosing. Like when you use this, you're gonna be choosing from three of these fifteen. So you, what you're choosing is gonna be different. And it, yeah, again, as with many of the goals here, it just it's it's allowing for a variety of gameplay from experience to experience um, beyond what you'd normally just put in your sixty or sixty plus card deck.
0: All right. Uh, next up, we have another familiar legend associated with Innistrad. We have Gitrog, Horror of Zava. So this has a lot of words on it. Let's, let's get going. Uh, it is 2, a black, and a green for a 6-6 legendary creature, Frog Horror. It has Menace, and at the beginning of each combat, if it is untapped, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If they do tap it, then seek a land card and put it on the battlefield tapped. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, it perpetually gains black, green, sacrifice this land, draw a card. Uh, seek, Ian. We've seen this before, but uh, it may be new to some players.
1: Yeah, I think this is also our first seek to a zone, rather than just seeking into your hand. Mm. Uh, and yeah, so what seek does is look through your deck uh, instantly without any you know search step by you. Uh, find a card that matches the given criteria and then uh, put it into your hand. Um, or in this case, puts it into your hand and then onto the battlefield. Um, Seek does not shuffle and moves very quickly. And it's, it's in a lot of ways, mechanically, it's very similar. You know, reveal cards until you reveal a land then. Um, but being digital, we can sort of skip all of the in-between steps and just get the land
0: nice uh, Dave there's a lot of words on this card Where, where'd it come from
2: <laughs> yeah um, I, I, I think I designed this card actually if, if I'm getting all my card names right I think desecration demon from way back when everyone was playing mono black or such um, mm-hmm. was a bit of the inspiration of this just a, a big a big monster that your your opponent could Keep at bay, but that they'd be doing so at a, at a reasonably steep cost, um, right? And that, uh, yeah, that it was keeping the land and, like, you know, we, certainly we tweaked a lot of the things on this. Like, we, we actually, in, in the end, it was only the land that you were seeking out that way that got this ability. And then, um, like, JC Tao was leading like an FFL team for Alchemy that was like, oh, how about it? you know, can it, right? You know, either he or someone else working on that team was suggesting maybe it can just affect any lands that were entering the, the battlefield under your control and. You know and again it's just i think it's really cool that we have the opportunity with sets like these to deliver on stuff that oh like you know i'm sure there were some number of people that were sad that like we didn't deliver on some favorite legend of theirs from from whatever world or plane we're visiting and that this gave us the opportunity to go back and, and hit on some of those favorite um personalities from 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 their favorite planes
0: Alright, we've got one more Legend. Uh, this one may be a bit more obscure to people, uh, but will nonetheless be recognizable. Uh, it's also pretty powerful. Captain Everhart is a two-mana, one and a white, 1-1 one, one human soldier with double strike that says spells cast from among cards you drew this turn cost one less to cast. Spells cast from among cards your opponent drew this turn cost one more to cast. Uh, Dave, tell us the story behind this card
2: right so uh, with a lot of these right this is this is exploring the the digital space um you know uh, there there was a lot of explorations many of these end up just being one offs, but something we could certainly revisit is if people really enjoy stuff that's yeah that the turn you you know right this is specifically caring about whether you do that spell this turn I, I was definitely trying to make a callback to miracles in some sense not not quite as extreme as miracles, but capturing that vibe from this plane um and and then along that just in terms of trying to make this strong enough it it made sense to tax your opponent in the sort of a in a mirroring way to that where their stuff they drew that turn cost cost more instead of less um
0: all right uh cool next up we have um a pretty cool card if i do say much so myself something we've never seen before patient zero so patient zero is one in a black for a two two lifelink zombie Nothing special there so far, but the ability says damage isn't removed from creatures your opponents control during cleanup steps. Uh, tell us about the genesis of this card.
2: So yeah, I, I maybe better not try to misattribute this. I think Ian actually designed this card, which is kind of great when like yeah, when you have people from the arena team helping design stuff because I would never pitch this card because I figured. Right. It might be it might be too challenging or too much work for a, a one-off card. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ian actually designed this card. And, you know, I we, did. We yeah, with I, the numbers and the keyboard and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I pitched the card. And your reaction was pretty much, "Oh, I didn't think I'd be allowed to do this." <laughs> oh, good.
2: So yeah, I think this card's sweet, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely. Right, it it can definitely change the way you'd want to. it It'll change the way the games play. Right? Mm-hmm. Like what what other stuff you couple with this? Um, kind of having per- persistent damage. What is persistent damage and magic like? Yeah, it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. It's different than with, wither.
0: Now, one thing I want to spend a little bit of time talking about when we hit this card is this is a zombie. It's it's a powerful zombie with a unique ability. And zombies is a deck you could try to play in standard, but it hasn't really hit. How much are are these alchemy sets? Is this alchemy set uh, being used to improve some of those lower tier archetypes in in standard? Moving to alchemy, obviously.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a hope. Um, the the creature to, like many many of the creature types are on relevant tribal, um, you know, tribal type zombies spirits. Where was like yeah, where possible, you know, even on some of the stuff like you know, it you know, it'll be like an angel cleric to maybe call back to party, right? A lot of this is yeah, with whatever tools we have, just giving giving more options to some of the decks that um, we either suspected or knew had already you know were underperforming in the standard environment. Again, it's. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens in alchemy. Alchemy is still pretty, pretty hard to guess exactly what the metagame would look like. Again, our, our goal is certainly to have it be divergent from standard, but it's, you know, it's really hard to know if we went far enough with the rebalancings or we'll need to keep doing more. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. like we we definitely want it to not be the same old experience. And so for for a lot of people, this is all about like, right? I, you know, I, I, I play. Play standard a lot, and uh, you know, I, like I've tired of this, and I want to uh, just a different format. And so we we are trying to provide like really you know something that's new, something that'll keep evolving. You know, we can do that both by rebalancing and by introducing this digital only content, which in itself, like the digital only content, right there, there's not a limited format. You're not drafting with this, not playing sealed with it. Like these are, we are trying to put these at competitive rates. Right there's not there's not a lot of fluff here. It's like if. If, if I make a card that's just seriously underpowered, that's not serving, really serving any use, like a bad card here is not doing anything for anyone. Like we're, we're trying to put these at um, levels where they're at least um, enticing to play at a, at a competitive level, or or if not, at least they're they're doing something for like Historic Brawl or something where like, oh, at least this is super, super fun um, in some competitive format if it's not actually competitive um, for Alchemy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to point out the the people in chat who are saying that they didn't test this. Uh, you might not have been listening earlier. Dave was talking about a, a future future league, which is their version of testing, and, and they did have a future future league for league for alchemy. So no, these were not brain to program ideas that went untested uh next up we have forsaken crossroads a, a cool land so when it enters the battlefield it enters tapped sort of uh, as forsaken crossroads enters the battlefield choose a color when forsaken crossroads enters the battlefield scry one if you weren't the starting player you may untap forsaken crossroads instead and then you can add one mana of the chosen color uh, dave tell us about this card
2: yeah, the, the genesis of this comes like right. You know, I've I've certainly been to many events. That, you know, I I hear all the ways in like which people will like maybe lament like, oh, I wish this was a little bit different, or that we could somehow address an issue. And, and somewhere in magic, um, one of the things that comes up a, a fair bit is that there there, especially at least in some meta games, there can be a pretty big I guess I'd call it like a polarity. There's there's a big difference whether you're on the play or the draw. Um, this this is especially true. You know, the more aggro format maybe is. Um, Where, right, if you're on the play, your win percentage is higher than it is on the draw. Um, I think in some ways that's healthy, but sometimes that that difference can get larger than we think is ideal. Um, So so it's things like that. I'm like, oh, well now we're doing digital only designs. How can I, like, is there a way to tackle that in digital? And, right, like I, I, you know, what makes a digital only design is kind of a murky area like this this card could exist in paper but it's it's a, it's a thing to track like how well are you going to remember who was on the player draw any given game unless you're writing that down and maybe as a one off that's fine one off mechanic that's fine but like sort of cumulatively if we made a lot of cards like these it would be a a, a lot of a lot of tracking for paper whereas in digital digital can just kind of handle this for you so mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Genesis was like, oh, look, you know, how, you know, can I make a card that, um, sort of balances the play draw disparity? And that's, that's what led to this, like they're, you know, in this set, this is, I think the only card that mentions this. And so a lot of it, like, I didn't want to make like 10 cards that were caring about play draw. Like I, you know, especially for this first offering, I was trying to explore the space, let people tell us what, what they liked and what they didn't like. And then we can, we can make more of those, right? This is. This is like if I'm going to try to make a dent in this um, play draw thing, the best place to do it I felt was like on a land. So right on a, on a land, it's going to be really easy to get into decks. Um, right that, that 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 in itself can make a pretty div- big difference to have something that's kind of like vaguely playing in like kind of a fabled passage sort of power level. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm definitely excited to see. See where this goes, um, right? I mean, it is tricky in that this goes in multicolored decks, and some of the play draw stuff happens the most, maybe in monocolor decks. But I think, yeah, again, with a lot of this, I think we'll learn a ton from from cards like this.
0: All right. Uh, next up, we have a card called Geist Channeler. Geist Channeler is a one three for one and a blue human wizard. When Geist Channeler enters the battlefield, choose an instant or sorcery card in your hand with mana value 3 or greater. It perpetually gains. This spell costs 2 less to cast. Dave.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is just kind of a, a fun fun use of perpetual... Um, in terms of speaking of the earlier question about FFL, I guarantee you I didn't write mana value three or greater on this card when I designed it. So, right, again, a lot of this stuff is coming out of people playtesting and realizing you can double spell or whatever in ways that are problematic. So, um, yeah, this card's cool. Um, fortunately, we have uh, uh, nerfed Alren's Epiphany, um, or, you know, maybe this would be more of
0: a problem. Yeah. All right. And our last preview for the day, before we get to that, um, Again, notice we've got that Q&A section at the end. Uh, I have seen a lot of questions in chat. I have not been writing them down because we've been talking through all of this. Uh, but we are going to spend a good amount of time. Normally, the show goes till 3.30. If we're still getting good questions at 3.30, we're going to keep going. Uh, if we're done with questions by 3.30, then we're done. But uh, we'll, we'll keep going. We want to answer a bunch of questions. It's a big new format. Uh, a lot of weird things. People have a lot of questions, so we want to make sure that we answer as many of them as possible. Uh, so you can go ahead and start putting them in the chat. It helps me a little bit if you do tag uh, at Magic, just so that I can see them. Uh, but I will try to get to as many as possible before our uh, after our last card here, ominous traveler. So, Ominous Traveler is two mana for a 1-1 one, one human creature. When Ominous Traveler enters the battlefield, draft a card from Ominous Traveler's spellbook. The card perpetually gains. You may spend mana as we're mana of any color to cast this spell. And when you cast this spell, return a creature named Ominous Traveler you control to its owner's hand. Uh, Dave, tell us about this card.
2: Right, I mean, the origin of this card I think largely came out of like I feel like when we when we explore the tropes of like oh what what is that thing in Innistrada like I feel it's always like a little bit like oh you look on the back to know what it is and so this was just me trying to like play up some sort of like oh well you know you kind of don't know what it is like what is this you know mysterious thing in it right so that it, it can it can put this unknown thing into your hand and then like I mean eventually your opponent does find out what it is when you play that card and then Right, um, ra- rather than that just happen once, once a game or whatever, we we added the additional text like that. This would then come back to your hand, and you could do it all again. And um, right, so like certainly, well, we can go to the spellbook here, but yeah, the, the spellbook's pretty much a, a a mix of various Enestrad um, creature type, tri- you know, the, the main tribal types, um, many of which care about others of themselves. So you know, it, it's 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 pretty powerful if you can keep it going in terms of doing this over and over. Um, not exactly sure what deck it'll end up in, but all right, the, the, the hope was that it it could mix into decks that are trying to build the Tribal's type, and either trying to trying to get the the cards that match their tribe, or maybe you end up with kind of a silly mix of hodgepodge um, that is um, effective if you can keep this going.
0: All right, cool. Well, that is all the previews we had today. Now I will note that there are previews coming Friday, Monday, Tuesday uh from the following folks here's where you can find those previews so uh tomorrow we'll get previews from covert go blue and amazonian on monday numat the nummy and croquis will have previews and then on tuesday uh, mtg nerd girl and ali Eldrazi will round everything off and we will have a card image gallery of course showing off everything along the way okay Chat's going a million miles a minute. I'm going to try to get through uh, some questions. Uh, Let's start um, here. Sort of an arbitrary place. I apologize to everyone who's been putting questions in chat. Um, It's going very fast. Uh, Can you play the rebalanced cards in Brawl and Historic Brawl? Ian.
1: Uh, They will be in Historic Brawl because that uses the Historic card list. Brawl still uses the standard card list.
0: Okay. Uh, Uh, I saw this question a couple different places. I think we answered it earlier, but let's go over it again. Ian, how will you acquire Alchemy cards?
1: Uh, alchemy cards will be acquired pretty much the exact same way things do normally Uh, Mm -hmm. about a month after a set comes out there will be an alchemy variant of the booster pack for that set that adds alchemy cards and as your uh your rares and mythics most of the time Mm -hmm. um if you have more of those than there were rares and mythics you start getting rares and mythics from that set that you haven't yet collected uh it will also be available with wild cards and uh, acquisition just the same as we normally can. Uh, there's also going to be just as a kickoff for the format. Everybody gets a pretty big pile of alchemy cards to get things started.
0: Okay. Um, again, we, t- we touched on this earlier, but I've seen the question multiple times. Uh, will alchemy cards be historic legal?
1: Yes, as a live format and alchemy cards go into live formats.
0: Great. Um, are we planning to uh, rebalance previously banned historic cards in the same way that we did with Omnath?
1: Um, Omnath definitely shows that it's on the table. Um, I wouldn't say that I've got like a list in front of me waiting for cards to rebalance, but depending on how this is received and how effective it is and that side of things, uh, it's definitely a, a tool in our box. Mm-hmm.
0: Now... I, I, th- I'm giving. I'm doing this question, but I've seen elements of it from other people. Uh, what is sort of the philosophy behind between like um, choosing to rebalance a card and then versus choosing to ban a card when you're talking standard alchemy area?
2: I think. I mean, where possible, we're going to look to rebalance cards. Um, I, I think we, we've discussed how There, there are some cases if, if a card's iconic, like say we we have like done a reprint in a set, and it's it's a card that um, would would somehow be problematic. Like, yeah, we we don't want to like rebalance lightning bolt or whatever lightning bolts, lightning bolt. Like, we're not going to make the yeah. do some variant of that. Right. So, some stuff's just too iconic to rebalance, mm-hmm. in our opinions. Um, right. There, again, there, there's no obvious line on some of that stuff, but uh, i think where where possible we're going to look to rebalance cards so that right, so that cards we make and card you own you can you can keep playing in the in the formats where they're legal.
0: Okay. And and now um, if a card is rebalanced, Ian, uh, will players receive wild cards for it being rebalanced?
1: Uh, we do not do wild cards around rebalance. Uh, in part because, you know, in standard that card continues to be the exact same card it -hmm. always was.
0: Okay. And if a card is banned in a non-alchemy format but rebalanced in an alchemy format, will they get wild cards?
1: Uh, The ban rules will follow what they are now. Uh, You know, there can already be some complexity around, like, the copies you had when a card got banned in Standard get refunded. And if you craft more and then it gets banned in Historic, you get refunded for the difference. Those kind of rules all apply the same way to alchemy. Okay.
0: Um, uh, where can I use the original version of a card on Arena? So using a Chariot as an example. If I want to play the version that makes two cats, where do I go to play that?
1: Uh, you can do that in Standard. And I, I believe... Direct Challenge will let you use the original on rebalanced versions of cards. I don't. I am not in charge of ban lists for individual formats, uh, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not part of what happens while you're playing Magic, which, as I said, is what I'm in charge of. But yep. I believe Direct Challenge will still let you use those cards.
0: Yep. Um, I, I, I'm going to just acknowledge this question, even though we don't really have anything new today. Uh, a lot of people asking about Pioneer, why, why this instead of Pioneer, etc. etc. Pioneer is still a thing that the team wants to do. It is in the we'll say distant future. Um, it, it's There's no timeline or anything like that. It is still something the team is working towards. You can see some of that with Jumpstart Historic Horizons, if I'm thinking correctly, where uh, a certain percentage of the cards were put in because they were part of the Pioneer format. Uh, the team is working towards it. It's just not like now. Um, and it's also, they're, they're not the same resources exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah i think one of the things people might not understand is if i said right when we started working on alchemy let's put all of these resources on pioneer you would not be looking at pioneer this year you would probably not be looking at pioneer next year mm-hmm. but you can play alchemy now that's something we were able to finish within the year and then give you new gameplay and new uh you know a new meta new experiences mm-hmm. all right um How
0: will alchemy work with constructed ranking? Uh,
1: I believe ranked alchemy, like Historic and Standard, all uses the same ranking. Mm -hmm.
0: So if I play a match of Historic, then a match of Standard, then a match of alchemy, that will all contribute to the same constructed ranking? Yep. All right. Uh, Sorry, chat. It's... Chat is moving quite fast still, uh, so I am trying to keep ch- cap chat. Yeah. catch up and make sure I'm getting a good broad stroke of all of the uh, questions. Okay. Uh, will so now they're asking if you rebalance an alchemy only card like Geist Channeler, uh, as they say, uh, will there be a wild card refund?
1: Uh, that is not the plan right now, but I will again go back to me being, not being the total expert on Mm -hmm. outside the playing arena part of the game. Uh, I,
0: something we haven't gotten to yet. So under, under consideration, but we don't know. Um, cool. Uh, Uh, I'm seeing this question asked a couple different ways, so rebalanced cards, if you are playing Draft or Sealed, a a limited format, would you see the rebalanced version or the original
1: version? Uh, Draft and Sealed are paper formats, and they will match paper formats. They will be just like what you would play walking into an LGS. Mm
0: -hmm. So no rebalanced cards there. So all the things that you can play in paper are going to continue to match paper. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Um, okay, so a couple questions again about the draft mechanic. Um, why don't just why don't Ian? Why don't you just go over again how the draft mechanic works again?
1: Sure. Uh, if you've played with the Davriel card from Jumpstart: Historic Horizons, it's very similar to that. You uh, cards that allow you to draft have a spellbook. It is a, a list of, I, I believe, generally fifteen cards. I'm mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's all fifteen. Yeah, uh, you uh, randomly select three of them, and from those three, you choose the card, uh, and that card goes into your hand. Uh, it's As you can see with that seat card that goes onto the battlefield, you know, other things could potentially happen to a drafted card, but right, the default behavior is you draft it, and it goes into your hand. Uh, mm-hmm. Each time you draft, you're looking at the full list of 15 cards. Uh, there's no do protection or anything. We just each time we grab three from the list we show you that three. Alright.
2: Your opponent doesn't know what it is unless the card yes. says so or something.
0: Okay. Um Ian, will the Alchemy booster pack cost the same as a regular booster pack?
1: I haven't asked. I believe so. It's the same number of cards. I believe they will be exactly like regular booster packs, but Uh,
0: So I will note that in approximately three minutes, we have a bunch of content going up on Daily MTG, uh, which I probably should have said earlier. That's going to have all the details. So literally three minutes. It is currently 327 at 330. uh, We're going to have a couple articles that will give uh alchemy format overviews they'll talk about things like cost and direct implementation all that sort of stuff there's a state of the game that will be going up so there's going to be a lot of details in those articles so if there's anything that ian or dave or myself can't answer right here i highly check out i highly recommend you check out those articles and they may have the answers that you are looking for when, when will we get previews for Kamigawa? Um, you know what, at the end of the show, I will actually tell you when that is going to happen. That'll, that'll be part of my sign off. Um, uh, I think we touched on this, but we'll reiterate it. Uh, Ian, are there any plans on separating the ranked ladders?
1: Uh, there aren't plans on separating ranked ladders right now. I understand why some people want them to be separated, especially if you're just jumping into a new format. Mm It doesn't always feel great to, you know, if you've really ranked up in standard jumping into historic where you don't feel like you've got a platinum to your deck is pretty intimidating. Um, at the same time, we've gotten a lot of feedback that people want to work toward the better prizes at the top of the ladder. And, uh, forcing them to start over again was not something that was that made sense to us Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, all right um dave this i think is a question for you so why uh why only do five the question is why only five minor buffs why not more there are lots of cards that aren't played
2: well, I, I think the main answer is we don't sort of want to overwhelm people with like a, a bunch of cards behaving in ways that you're, you're not used to from paper. Like, a, a, you know, like we we could change yeah dozens or, you know, hundreds of cards at some point. Um, right. There, there's a, something to be said just for familiarity of how cards work. If we if we change too much stuff, especially at launch, um, I, I think that could alienate a lot of players. Um, I, I think we do. Very much have an interest in going back and looking at like, say like venture into a dungeon or something where like you know this this is not something that's done anything and constructed. What are like you know a handful of changes just to like venture into a dungeon that we can make to make that a more um, competitive um, mechanic. Um, But yeah, at at launch we kind of just did 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 a sampling of things. Um, We definitely do want to go back and, you know, I I think any time we're making changes, we're going to be looking for opportunities to buff stuff. A lot of it was, yeah, good. It's not really wanting to be changing too much um, at once in that respect, especially when we're releasing 60s that are going to otherwise, you know, people need to learn and are going to change the format away from, from standard, which is kind of the closest comparison point.
0: Okay. Um, Ian, I, I think this question's for you, and you may or may not be able to answer it, but we'll give it a go. Uh, Arena already has cards that are only legal in best of one standard, so the, the arena's standard cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, will those cards also be available for play in Alchemy, and will they be best of three legal in Alchemy? I
1: know, I know the answer to one part of that question. Unfortunately, okay. I know that those cards will be playable in Alchemy. Okay uh that is that i can say for certain i don't know if they're legal in best of three i would guess yes but i don't want to promise it and then beyond that we get into real cloudy areas for me where sure uh there are in that article
0: there are believe it or not limits to ian's knowledge um when uh improving or making cards worse uh this is for dave i think what formats are you considering and does how good a card is in historic brawl matter if they are legal there as well
2: i mean we try to take into account uh all the formats as much as we can i mean again you were referring to the ffl testing the ffl testing was focused on alchemy especially since That's the new thing here. So you know, much like paper, like a lot of our FFL testing focuses on standard. Here, much of our testing, as it relates to the new content, uh, was focused on alchemy itself. Um, You know, so that's not to say like a a lot of the rebalancing we're certainly considering historic. Every every change we're making, we're considering historic, and we're also considering historic brawl. Again, just in terms of like, you know, how much expertise any of the individuals working on that um, have with those formats is going to vary a lot to a lot. But we we do try to ask people around the around the teams like if they have any input or concerns on any of these changes for all the various formats. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I so I want to acknowledge a a whole string of questions. That are about uh economy. Economy questions. Economy is not uh exactly Ian's area, so we're not gonna dive into it today, uh, because as you like he was he wasn't sure on the price of booster packs and and that sort of thing. So I don't wanna put Ian on the spot and ask him a bunch of uh economy questions. Uh we definitely recognize those are important to all of you and I personally owe you all uh, a show where we do talk about the arena economy as a whole. Uh, that is not this show. So, But I do want to acknowledge, for example, uh, the user BrainPry asked a really good question about the economy and, and, and uh, pressures on wild cards and that sort of thing. They're good questions. Uh, we just don't have anyone on the show today that has that area of expertise to really dive into that. But we do owe you a show on that topic. Uh, let's see. Um, I will not forget about when we, you know what? Okay. It is, it is 333. And though we are going to keep asking questions, I know a lot of people think of this show as a show that ends at 330. So I'll talk about Kamagawa real quick. So, uh, weekly MTG will be off next week but we will have one more show before the year is out on december 16th we will have a uh, a day to talk about uh, kamagawa uh, we are going to show off some cards we're going to talk about the set uh and we'll talk about the whole um all, all the beats where the debut is all the dates uh, i'm kind of stumbling through that but december 16th is the answer that you're looking for when you're going to learn more about kamagawa um, uh, while we're on that topic, any information about organized play, uh, not today, uh, but I'll, I will tell you that I have literally started writing an article, uh, so be aware that we are working on it, but not today and not before the holidays. Okay, let's see. Um. So there's a question that kind of gets, is kind of getting asked over and over again, and I'm going to try to take a stab at answering it. So there's versions of this: um, Will we be able to play traditional historic again, or is it completely gone with these digital cards? Um, I, I, there's there's a couple things in there that seem to be misunderstandings. So traditional historic has been using digital cards already. Uh, Historic has digital-only cards in it and has for a bit now. Uh, additionally, Historic has always been envisioned as a digital-first format. When we, I know because I wrote the article. Um, when we launched Historic, we, we put it as a digital-first format. It is not a format that, is, uh, that exists in paper. Uh, the dividing line so historic anthologies insert cards into the format in different ways um, There are those digital cards digital only cards that exist from jumpstart historic horizons This isn't even the first time that we have changed and rebalanced cards for historic because we rebalanced some cards from J- jumpstart historic horizons, so um Uh, I understand that this is definitely, it feels like a bigger change for Historic than it necessarily is. Certainly, some cards are being rebalanced, and that will affect some decks. Um, You know, Allren's Epiphany is played in Historic, for example. Um, And and there are a couple other cards on this list that see see some play. Um, Omnath is the biggest one, but... You're going to get to play Omnath now instead of not getting to play Omnath at all. So, uh. Um, stuff like
2: Luminare, Aspirant, and stuff yeah.
0: too. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it, this is sort of, this is really just a ramping up of what historic has always been rather than a change. Even though I understand emotionally, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Dave, here's a question for you. You, like me, have been around for a while, so you remember that cards used to be restricted to one copy instead of banning. Why do we not do that anymore?
2: Uh, I I think the main reason is just that creates uh, an imbalance in games when the person draws that one card, Um, right? Like if again that 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 works clearly for at least one of our formats but right if if we have a card that just for whatever reason we put out too strong like say omnath original omnath or something if if somebody if one of the players draws that card and the other one doesn't there's just a a big disparity in how strong each of those players draws is going to be um and it's it's we do talk about stuff somewhat in that space from time to time but I, i i feel like overall um that, that's just not the solution that we see as creating the most fun and fair gameplay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, how often, uh, this is for you, Ian, how often will cards be changed or added into alchemy?
1: Uh, cards will be added with the release of each premiere set. About a month later, we will do an alchemy drop that adds, as we said, about 30 cards each time. After this initial drop of 63. Uh, as far as changes, um, the scope right now is really intended to be more along the lines of like a BNR announcement where we'll be watching the format. I think we'll be freer with it than a BNR announcement. Mm-hmm. Like I think we'll be quicker to move on making a card that's maybe not crushingly good, but just not fun to play against changes around stuff like that a little bit more quickly, but Mm -hmm. uh, it it will be like BNR and that it's not something that we have a rigid schedule for when we see the need for it. We'll make the call. I I do. I I do see us like every
2: month, month and a half. Like, I think we will be looking to mix stuff up if we feel it needs to, to have that churn. Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm um let's see will there be a way to get alchemy packs as part of the battle pass and event rewards ian this might not be your area but
1: i happen to know the answer to this one great i was in a meeting where it got talked about uh it's it's not my expertise but uh at least for the remainder of vow alchemy packs are not being nothing's being done to the the mastery pass okay um Future decisions are future decisions that will be announced when future battle or mastery passes are shown off. All
0: right. Uh, Let's see. Um, Ian, will historic uh, still get historic anthologies? I like getting iconic cards from paper formats and non-arena sets.
1: Uh, Yeah, there's nothing about this that takes away from the possibility of historic anthologies uh, or from the possibility of remastered sets, things like that. None of that is suddenly off the table. Uh, So, those are all still things that we like doing and want to be able to do.
0: Alright. Dave, are you going to use rebalancing cards to nerf decks instead of banning them at a BNR for
2: formats like Historic? Uh, For Historic, historic, yes. I I think we would very much try to rebalance stuff instead of banning stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure if that format's trying to get at other stuff right. I think each, yeah. I mean, in terms of paper formats, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna make the best decisions for paper formats that we think are the best decisions for paper formats. Mm-hmm. Re, kind of regardless of what we're doing here. I mean, I, I on the bright side, I think Alchemy does right. We get to see what happens with some of these changes in Alchemy. We get to see like if a card's been nerfed, we get to learn from Alchemy what the format might look like more with that card. Not in the environment, does that look better? It might might help us inform our BNR decisions, but we're gonna we're we're still gonna make The decisions that are best for tabletop um you know based on based on the tabletop format
0: okay let's see uh i'm not anyone who's not seeing their question answered i i'm not ignoring you necessarily i'm either missing it um, or we may have answered it earlier and I want to try to get as, to as many new questions as possible, uh, as well as ones that are, are specifically about alchemy. Um, here, we'll try this. Dave, what happens if you rebalance a card and it becomes rebroken?
2: And we'd rebalance it again. Uh, at least, that's that's my first answer. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like th- there is a chance we'll overshoot or undershoot. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, w- even if we like overnerf something, we we might take a, a tactic of trying to buff it, you know, a little bit back more towards you know uh, realizing we've like oh we've just completely taken this card out of the meta game and didn't mean to um, nerf it that much. So uh, yeah, I, I think. Going back to the earlier question, like why why didn't we buff more cards? I mean, I I do feel like there there is a mental tax on people if we're we're changing too much stuff. Like I don't I, we don't want to just keep changing cards. Like oh which you know which version is this? I'm losing track. Right. We're gonna try to do this in a responsible way where um right that, that our players are going to be able to tra- keep track of what's going on but yeah if mm-hmm. if we break something you know if if like you know take omnath an example if, if omnath is still broken then we'll change omnath again we at least that would be the goal we might I, I think there are worlds ian could speak to this more maybe but i think there are worlds in which if like it's immediately broken or if any of these new alchemy cards are immediately broken we like would pr- potentially just suspend them for a period of time mm-hmm. while we have time to reintroduce a rebalance card right that 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 might be easier than rather trying to rebalance the card quickly we could just suspend it um until until we could come up and and have the time to think about what we'd want the new card to look like
0: okay um ian this next question is going to be for you i think it's got a little misunderstanding of how uh the wild card rebates work uh, but i'll i'll read it directly uh Mm -hmm. if a previously banned card such as omnath is rebalanced and unbanned, do we receive the copies of the card back if we were previously refunded the wild
1: cards? So if you were refunded wild cards for Omnath, you still have it. We we never take your cards away. That's that's a hard and fast rule. When we give wild cards back, you keep the cards. If you want to play it in direct challenge, if you are uh, a big if you're playing gladiator and you've got a different ban list from the mainline list, those mm-hmm. cards all still work. You can do with them what you will. So if we unban a card, uh, you, you always had it. All
2: right. Uh, ba, 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 ba.
0: Um, in historic Brawl, will we have to play the rebalanced cards, or can we use the original?
1: Uh, Historic Brawl should be using the Historic Legality list, which would mean rebalanced cards.
0: Okay. Uh, Will the rebalanced Omnath show up in normal Zendikar Rising boosters? It currently doesn't due to the standard banning.
1: Uh, While Zendikar Rising is in standard, cards that are banned in standard don't show up in the booster until you've collected every other card of the same rarity. Once Zendikar Rising rotates out of Standard, uh, that just becomes a normal Mythic for a not-in-Standard uh, set and uh, would go back to being in the boosters without having collected all the other Mythics.
0: Okay. Uh, can I use the original cards for direct challenge decks? Ian said he be- earlier that he believes yes, but is not 100%.
1: Hopefully the articles that we posted at three thirty have the answer to that question.
0: Yeah, we'll do We'll do another call out. Like uh, the, the articles should be up and visible right now on dailymtg.com. They have a ton of detailed information in there. Definitely read those. Definitely check them out. They will give you more information. Uh, ba, 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 ba. all right. Um, Uh, Thank you for hanging around longer to give clarity. Absolutely, happy to. Uh, What will happen if you buff a card for alchemy? Uh, I lost it. Where'd it go? All right, I think where that question was going... uh, I'm trying to pause chat and read, but I flipped it. Uh, What happens if you buff a card from alchemy, but then it becomes too strong? I think was where that question was going. Sorry to that person, I, I missed the last part of your question.
2: Uh yeah, we we would then right, we 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 would then I, I don't know, either maybe just revert the card to the normal card or try to try to find something at a lower power level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: sent you the, the uh, Okay. The um, here's another question and they'll see what producer Sean said to me. Um how will multiple versions of a card appear in the collection? Great question, Ian.
1: Um, They... depends on what format you're filtering for as you're deck building. When you're deck building, you get to choose your format, uh, and based on which one you've chosen, that's what you'll see. Uh, When you open a pack, you see the cards kind of stacked on each other, so Mm -hmm. the standard version of the card will be up in front, and the alchemy version will be behind it, and you can mouse over both to see uh, both versions.
0: Okay, and I believe the article may have some um, actual pictures of the way that looks. Um, And then producer Sean sent me this, so we can confirm Ian was correct. Uh, From the article, again, I recommend you definitely go check this out because it has all these great answers. Players will be able to purchase alchemy boosters either individually for 1,000 gold or 15 for 3,000 gems the same price as standard set boosters. There is also a special alchemy bundle containing alchemy boosters Uh, That will be available for 3,000 gems or 15,000 gold. Limit one purchase per player. Uh, Um, All right, here's an interesting question. If a card is made worse for Standard, is there any chance the version goes back to the original after it rotates out of Standard? So let's take Chariot, for example. While Chariot's in Standard, it is rebalanced to the Single Cat Crew 2. When it rotates, would we consider uh, un-rebalancing it?
2: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. I'm not sure how much we've talked about it. Um, I, I I do think that's something that we would look at. Yeah, right. Like if, mm-hmm. in, in many ways, a lot of the changes we're making, the, the main, the primary motivator is making work in a you know a format that's similar to standard and a power level that's similar to standard. So once they're not in standard, I, yeah, I think we could definitely look at, um, right, yeah, like Asika's Chariot's totally fine as a card in Historic, and we could look at um, having it behave that way once, um, once it's no longer part of the Alchemy format. It's a good question. I don't think we've talked about it a mm-hmm.
0: lot. Okay, great. Um, okay, here's the end of that question that I missed. Thanks thanks for sharing it again, uh, arbitrary toys. Um, okay, so you rebalance a card, or actually, no. Uh, what if a card is fine in the alchemy format, but too strong in historic? Uh,
1: if we ran into that situation, we would have, I mean, it's it's not that different from where we are now where a card might be fine and standard and too powerful in an eternal format Mm -hmm. because of card interactions. Um, And we've got a number of tools to deal with that. Um, A rebalance that happens in one live format applies to all formats. So there's a, that's a possibility, Uh, suspending in historic until we can rebalance their bands are on the table. It's, it's, we have a bunch of choices, and it's going to be very context-dependent on which tool we use to address the problem. What's the card? What's the problem? Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly
2: could see us trying to rebalance the card in a different way to address the, the issue in, in Historic,
0: for example. All right. Um, we've also uh, late entrance to the question answering party. Uh, Jay Parker sending me a bunch of answers that we, we didn't quite have the answers to. So chat, if you stuck around, you're going to be rewarded. We have a couple answers that we couldn't quite answer before. Um, OK, so one, Direct Challenge will offer people the options to use rebalanced or non-rebalanced cards. So for you Gladiator fans out there, You can use rebalanced or non-rebalanced cards, or just, you know, direct challenge fans. Uh, Booster packs are the same price, which we talked about. Um, The uh, arena-only cards are playable in both best of one and best of three in alchemy. Um, And then Jay also says, for the question we just talked about, if a card is fine in alchemy but too strong in historic, it will likely be suspended or banned as normal. Great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks.
1: Jay, go back to being on your day off. <laughs> Jay's <laughs> off today? Jay's off I, today.
0: I mean, I, I'm not surprised he's watching, but that's, um, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Enjoy your day off, Jay. Uh, buh, 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 buh. All right. Will there ever be rebalancing of cards aimed at uh, historic brawl. For example, draneth Magistrate.
1: Um, I'm going to be honest that at least I don't know about other people, I had never thought about it before you said that, and <laughs> my immediate thought was as long as it was something that didn't break it in other live formats, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Again, the the important thing to consider is that we don't want there to be the standard version, the alchemy version, the historic version, the brawl version, the historic brawl version of these cards. That's Mm -hmm. way too much cognitive load. It's it's a lot we are aware already to say there's a standard version and a rebalanced version. So if we did that, it would be in all live formats, it works this way, in all paper formats, it works this way.
0: Cool. Uh, next question about the the land that cares about going first or second uh, will there be any sort of reminder text or, or sprite or something so that the players could remember if they went first or second? So basically will the, will the card like show you before you play it what it'll do?
1: I believe yeah um, if the card if you didn't go first, the card has a different highlight. And I think we get a hanger on it, but I don't want to promise that without having tested. And if we didn't have a hanger on it, then I'm going to fix that in the next update because it <laughs> should have a hanger on it.
0: Fair enough. There you go. Talk right to the designers. Get get solutions. Um, So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna raise this question Ian because a couple of people answered it, but I think Ian sort of just addressed it. So why can't historic play the original card if it isn't meta breaking there? So again, we'll use the Sycas Chariot there uh, because keeping track of it's this card in this format, this card in this format, this card in this format, um, two is already. You know I I've seen other questions that are like how do you know which is which. And that's just two versions. If there are multiple versions across multiple formats, it gets even more. So, um, uh, Let's see. Will you be rebalancing non-banned cards, such as cards in Tier 1 Historic decks? I think people are a bit afraid of that. So I think that's actually a good way to... Uh, reframe a lot of the questions that we've gotten about historic cards being rebalanced. So, so Dave, can or, or Ian, can you talk a little about when you're rebalancing cards? Are you are you going to be aiming a lot for historic, or are you primarily looking at standard?
2: I think. I mean, we're we're primarily looking at alchemy, right? Yeah, the the standard yeah. analog. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Right, yeah. I mean, H- historic has many more means to shake up its metagame, right? We have historic anthologies, okay. like jumpstart type products, all, like all, all sorts of stuff that's, yeah, not, not traditionally entering into a standard like format. So, H- historic has many other ways to shake things up. So, for this, most of the changes we're looking at are mostly motivated by shaking up the alchemy format, certainly at least for now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. th- things could certainly change down the road.
0: Yeah, again, I I see the economy. There are a lot of economy questions. I see the economy questions. I personally owe you, the the fans, the viewers, a show about the arena economy. But this is not that show. Um, Ian's not that guy. Um, Ian has many other skills and talents and knowledge.
1: If you wanted to dive deep on why certain card UI is the way it is, that is a conversation I can get into, but <laughs> economy is not my area.
0: Yeah, we have other people for that. Uh, Weird number of players, people asking for the three-mana Teferi to be unbanned. I, I love a good blue-white card, but that is that card is... It's a that's, lot. that's not it that's not it um Ian you may know this one will this isn't an alchemy question but you know what it's a good question and people we only have three minutes left by the way chat uh, we are gonna end at four o'clock um, I eventually have to pick up my children from daycare uh, okay the question anyway Ian uh, will we get more deck slots
1: um I have to be a little circumspect about this because i've seen some things that are in the works but there are changes coming to deck slots which is as specific as i am allowed to be okay with what's coming there i did uh, see one that i'd like to call out since I, I said it earlier but it looks like it was something someone missed in chat mm-hmm. um about other paper formats coming to uh arena mm-hmm. you know Pioneer, Modern was the question. Um, Any additional paper formats that come to Arena are paper formats. The same way that Draft and Sealed and Standard all do unrebalanced cards. Any additional paper formats that come would be the unrebalanced versions of those cards. Everything as printed.
0: Cool. All right. We're going to end on this question uh, because I think it's a good question. Um, This is probably mostly for Dave. Dave, what can you say to people who think Wizards will now design broken cards on purpose with the we can always balance them later mentality?
2: I I mean, I I can tell you as a designer, like there's no pride to be taken in designing a card that's breaking the format, right? There's having unhealthy formats isn't, I don't know, isn't helping our bottom line, I don't think in any sort of way. I mean, I know some people feel otherwise, uh, right? Like you know we're trying to get cards to the right spot we're trying i mean we part of our job is to take risks part of our job is to like right like what's what's going to get this to kind of just the right spot where it shows up um a lot of cards we make just don't show up at all even though we think they are um so yeah I, i right yeah we to the question, yes, we can if we make a mistake, we can fix it later certainly that that can be a philosophy um, but I, I, like I, I certainly don't feel like anyone's trying to go overboard on stuff we're trying to we're trying to take our best educated guesses at how the card should be accurately mm-hmm. costed I mean we want we want our formats to be fun more than anything we don't right like it's we want to push the cards that we think are fun, but um I I don't think just because we're kind of living in this new digital world of, you know, what, you know, what is digital magic again? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I, I don't think we want to be taking particularly bigger risks anyways. And I, I think, right. Like we, there's still a cost of any time we're changing a card and we're, we're, you know, we still want to be as responsible as we can. And, um, Having the card come out at the the right spot, and people, right? We don't want people to have to rebuild their decks or you know tear tear apart a deck that they've built because some card was costed incorrectly by us. That's that's certainly not where I'm coming from, and there's not mm-hmm. pressure from other people to do that
0: upon me. And that's you know I'm I'm not one of the people who makes the decisions, but I'm a fly on the wall in every one of the BNR discussions, and that is that is always at the forefront of everyone's minds and the discussion of like if we do this. If we ban this card, all these cards are unplayable. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's worth noting that rebalances more than likely can take a deck, a, a peg down without necessarily destroying it. So, um, I'm excited for it. I'm a shill. This is I work for Wizards of the Coast, believe it or <laughs> not. Um, but I do think it's going to be a good time. Alchemy releases December 9th. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Dave, for sticking around, answering so many questions, and telling us about everything. Uh, thank you to everyone watching and everyone in chat for uh, sharing your questions and concerns, hearing us out, um, and, and learning about the Alchemy format today. Uh, there was a, a comment in chat just a moment ago that uh, speaks to exactly how I think about these things. Thanks for the answers. Don't take chat too harshly. We are all passionate fans. And you know what? We're passionate on this side too. Uh, we all love magic, and we think Alchemy is going to be awesome, so stay tuned for previews uh, tomorrow, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, I'll read those off one more time, so Covert Go Blue and Amazonian go tomorrow. Numat the Nummy and Kroikis go on Monday. MTG Nerd Girl and Ali Drazi will share their previews on Tuesday. Weekly MTG is off next week, but we will be back on December 16th, where you will get a first look at Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, If you're in the mood to watch a little bit more Magic this weekend, don't forget that the Innistrad Championship played on MTG Arena, and featuring both Standard and Historic, will be taking place this weekend uh and additionally there's an arena open this weekend there is uh if you want to play in your local game store store championships are playing this weekend a lot going on for magic right now so any way you want to play there's probably a way to have fun doing it uh thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in two weeks